to the 10 Minute Money Podcast. My name is John Dyer, and as always, I'm joined by Paul Erickson. Paul and I are independent financial advisors with Royal Oak Advisors in Royal Oak, Michigan. Today, we're going to talk about the difference between a trader and an investor. Paul, how are you doing? I'm doing great, John. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I think it's a good topic, especially with some of the volatility we had in January. Yeah, I think so. And you've got some good stories about traders versus investors, so I guess we'll hop right into it. So what... What is the difference between a trader and an investor? Yeah. So I think a trader is somebody who really looks for momentum trades. Uh, You know, recently, the last few months, you know, chip sectors have been really hot. And I know people who will want to get in and get out in the short term. And when I say short term, in my mind, that's under six months where somebody buys a stock, they watch it, maybe it goes up a little, and then they they exit that position, they sell it. And that's a trader in my mind. And most of the people I work with and help are what I call investors. They have their money in there for the long term. If you need that money for something in the next three years, it shouldn't be invested in stocks. It should be in money market, cash, CDs, something safe. If somebody needs that money within three years, it should be really conservative. And traders, they're using money that they know they can lose on the short term. I want to see people invested for the long run. I want a long term. That's where the probability helps. That's where they can really make money if they're invested. I tell people all the time, it's not uh, timing the market. It's time in the market. You need years in that stock market to build wealth. Right. Yeah, and I think it, the hardest thing to do is knowing not when to buy. That's kind of easy. That's the you have fun money, part. You have money on the sidelines. Right. Things are getting crushed. Yep. But it's knowing when to sell. It's knowing when to sell. That is so hard. It's so hard. And so in January, you know, last, was it two weeks ago, we had a a thousand point drop in the Dow, which was scary on a Monday. Primarily because the Fed has to raise interest rates. The market got nervous, and a lot, a lot of the reason the market dropped so fast, there, there's so many algorithms, computer traders, you know, these these programs are set up to sell if the market goes down X, and that happened on Monday. We saw a thousand point drop, and the worst call is is that client who says, "Hey, I can't take it," and I had one of those calls on Monday where, you know, I care about these people, I want them to succeed in retirement. But this client wanted out when the market was down a thousand points, and and I tried three times to say, "Hey, don't sell, don't sell." I hate selling on days like this, and the client said, "You gotta, you gotta get me out." And as soon as we executed those trades, guess what? The market market did? went up. The market ended <laughs> and positive it, that I day. I couldn't believe it ended and ended positive that day. Couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe After it. After being, I've never seen a day where it's down a thousand. Yeah, the Dow's down a thousand, and then it ended up a hundred. It, it ended up a hundred like points. It was points that day. Yeah. yeah, it was. It never feels good when you watch. I hate seeing my account go down, and I really hate seeing clients' accounts go down. But over the long run, we win by owning high quality. And as long as you own high quality and it's invested for a long term, you will make money. Yeah, I always tell people, as long as you're not just in one single company, 
one stock, then the market's not going to go to zero. No. If it went to zero, we would all be on the street. Right. There would be a major banking failure, and we'd yeah. all be on the street. So don't worry about that as long as you're you're in a diverse portfolio, exchange-traded fund, something right. like that where you have a lot of stocks. You, you don't right. worry about it. Just No. And, and part of the reason they hire us is to worry about the market and individual positions and what's happening. And if a, if a stock cuts their dividend or does something horrible, then we're probably going to recommend a sell out of that position. If something fundamentally is really wrong with a, a company, we're probably going to recommend a sell. But if we don't have a fundamental reason to sell or an economic reason to sell, and it's a high-quality position. We're going to hang on for years, hopefully. We just hold on and keep collecting those dividends and keep... You look at Texas Instruments, I think it's over 35 years they've raised their dividend through bear markets, recessions, all these horrible things. And they just keep making money doing running a great company and rewarding shareholders. You don't want to sell a company like that. Right. And I always think it's pretty cool. You have a list of companies and how many years in a row they've raised their dividends. And you'd be surprised at how... I always get surprised when I look at that and I see how many companies have raised their dividends through all the recessions we've had. 2008, 2009. When people thought the yeah. world was ending. Yeah, 2001. They raised dividends. They all, yeah, they Not by much. Cut. But it was a show of strength that they were still cash flow positive and able to reward their shareholders. It is incredible if you look back at time. Right. I agree. And, yeah. and, and you can't tell me last week was worse than 08 or 09 or worse than 2001. I mean, it was a rough week, but it wasn't. I think one of the roughest weeks we've had was that uh, I think it was it was the bottom of the pandemic. Mm. Uh, I don't remember yeah, thirty percent thirty days. Yeah, March. And we had we had two days two days in a week. I think it was where we were down ten percent, and then it bounced back the next day, and then yeah. it would go down again ten yeah. percent. But yeah. it was it was <laughs> I know it was like a two thousand point drop not fun. in one day. It's not fun. Yeah, it, that was. But you don't want to react when the market is irrational. Because like my client that I really care about, he you know, he got out on Monday when the market's down thousand points. And then he missed a thousand point rally up. You know, three, four percent. That's hard to make up now. They say Oh yeah, I, I read, like how you say that. Yeah. yeah, I read I read an article that said most of your gains are from three days of the year. There's three days in, in every, three to four days every year that you will get most of your gains. If you're not in the market on those days, then you lose out. You lose out. You're going to be negative or flat for the year. You won't have a positive gain if you miss those really strong Yeah, so if, we don't know when those days are going to be. Nobody does. No one can predict that. No. So, yeah, you might lose a few percent if you're just sitting on the sidelines in cash those days. Right. Yeah, so when the market's down, I want people, I mean, we have thousands of downloads now, so there's thousands of people that have listened to the message, but we want people to think about, do I need this money in the next one to three years? If you do, you need to let us know what that's for, and we'll we'll get very conservative. We'll go to money market or cash with it. But if you're not going to use this money for 10 years, 
you want to build wealth. And I think owning blue chip dividend growth stocks, I can't find a better way to build wealth. Yeah, you should have a purpose for every dollar that you bring in. That's a good statement. And we we do financial plans for people and help them determine what every dollar is used for. So you should have buckets of money. This is retirement. This is going to be 30 years down the road. This is going to be 10 years down the road. This is for a new house in five years. Right. We're going to invest all those differently. And you shouldn't be day trading if you're going to need the money in the next two years. No, not at all. You're, so Yeah, I say even three years for people because the market can really move in a one to three year period. Right. Ten year period, even through the Great Depression, you were positive. If you invested at the bottom in the Great Depression and held that for ten years, you still made money. Right. And I'm always a fan of buying more when when things are getting crushed. And I'm down in positions. Like you, yeah. you made a great call with PayPal. You got out. I stuck in it, and uh, we're you know it's getting beat up right now. And I've bought more yeah. for yeah. Uh, for for people. So if it's a high quality position. You believe in it. You've you've done homework on it, and it's really down. There's I nothing wrong with the company. They're not going it, away. Especially if you're going to own it for a lot of years. Right. I I'm looking long term. I'm looking ten years down the road five years down the road so let's talk about inflation Ugh. and yeah. the federal reserve what's going on yeah. what caused this downturn in the market so let's yeah. talk about that so i think it's it was because that day some inflation numbers came out much stronger on the consumer the cpi the consumer price index came out and that spooked the market because now instead of three or four rate rises for 2022, there are economists estimating five or six quarter point increases. And that's that's a lot more than what I think we were looking at last year. So I think there's two scenarios here. The first scenario, which I hope we see, is that the Fed raises in March, July, and November. Three. And inflation... I think inflation will come down. The market will rally in that mode if we only see three quarter point increases and inflation coming down. I think that'll be really positive news for the market. The other scenario, scenario two, I think is six rate increases. And I think that's going to be rough sledding for the market. It'll be rough sledding for the market, but I think if they do that, it means the economy is on much better footing. That's a good point. So I think it would be warranted to make... I, I trust in Jay Powell. You yeah. obviously don't fight the Fed. Or that's you can't the saying. fight the Fed. So, yeah. so I'm on board with that saying, and if he does decide to do six, then it was warranted. So It was warranted, yeah. And again, if you own high quality blue chip companies they can they can raise the cost to their consumers they can react and they've been through this before and so again it, it when if when you own companies that are really highly speculative that's what that's part of the reason the Nasdaq was down 14% it's cuz so many speculative companies that are really highly valued are going to have a hard time maneuvering and transferring costs 
to their consumers through really high inflation. Right. Colgate Palmolive can raise their price of toothpaste three cents. And And you're still going to buy it. You're still going to buy that toothpaste. Everyone's everyone's going to buy it. But you get some tech company that has a monthly subscription and they they raise it a little bit. Look at Zoom. Yeah, and everybody, everyone will cut it out. Well, I don't need that. Right, I, it was free. It for free. Why would I pay for yeah. it? I'm yeah, I'm paying for it, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, other people might not pay for it, and that's reflected in their stock price, and that's why it's gotten crushed. Right. Yeah. And you see that with a lot of those tech companies that they gained a lot of market share while everyone was stuck inside and weren't spending money on things. Yeah. And now right. people are getting out again and they're cutting those subscriptions. The other thing I think that they haven't talked about is during this pandemic in the Wall Street Journal over the weekend that mentioned the consumer, the average consumer has paid down so much debt over the last two years during this pandemic. They paid down so much debt and their their bank account, savings account is so much healthier. So if we do go into a Fed recession or, a, you know, if, if the Fed really does cause a recession, I think the consumer is in much better shape than I've ever seen them before. Right. I think Bank of America said that their, their savings rates are at an all-time high or close to yeah. that they said That's that a really few good months news. ago. Yeah. That was not the case in 2007, 2008. No. It's going to be an interesting year. It already has been. Uh, I like the fact that we are going to increase rates a little bit. I think it gets us back to a more normal market environment. And a normal market environment has 5 and 10% corrections every year, a couple of them. And I think we just finished one. I think we just finished a 10% correction on the S&P. I think, I think the NASDAQ was 14%. We did, yeah. We were down at 8% in January, 7 yeah. 8%. Yeah. Just in January. Right. So I think we'll see a little recovery here until we get more news on inflation and and see what the Fed's going to react yeah, it sounds like it sounds like the supply chain is starting to work out its kinks. Right. So that'll help. That will help a lot. We'll see what happens with the housing market. I think that's still going to be houses. It looks like we're going to have another year like last year where housing there's not enough. There's too much demand and not enough supply in the yep, housing market. I agree. And it's going to cause high housing prices, but that might balance out. With typically when interest rates rise, you see house prices fall. But with the all the demand, you'll probably see that even out a little bit. I think, and you're not going to see housing prices fall as much. They might. You're not going to. I don't think you're going to see them jump like they did last year. But it, it, I think it'll be more moderate this year. Right. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah, I think you're right. But. Uh, Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. As always, this podcast was for educational purposes only. Please give us a review and like our podcast. Like Paul said, we're over, I think we're over like 2,500 listens now. And we appreciate everyone listening. You can also find out more about us on our website at www.royaloakfinancialadvisors.com for any finance-related questions. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, John. Thank you for joining John Dyer and Paul Erickson on this 10-Minute Money Podcast. John and Paul are financial advisors with Royal Oak Financial Advisors in Michigan, a fee-only RIA 
who specialize in helping their clients better understand their investments. If you watch the pennies, the dollars will come. <laughs>